Welcome to this episode of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast. This is a sample of our recent bonus episode, usually only available to members. These episodes are comprised of our crew of researchers, Amanda and myself, all getting together for a roundtable discussion on topics that we find interesting. So here's a few minutes for free so you can know what all the fuss is about. I've known for a very long time that I was attracted to girls. What's up, Missy and Stephanie from third grade? Like, <laughs> I, I, I've known for, for a very long time. But I've also known that I really enjoy being around male friends and, like, having deep interpersonal relationships with, with men. It doesn't mean it's sexual. It's never meant it's sexual. And the why of, of why it has to be perceived that way is very it's, – it's always been confusing to me. And I still don't understand it, even, you know, after we've read – a bunch of articles. We've talked about this a bunch, but like, I still don't get it. I just, I really don't get it. So to go back to the article that we read in their story, one of the things that I kind of, I don't know, picked up on, I guess. And obviously we didn't interview these two people. We're reading an <laughs> article. So the subtext yeah. or whatever that may exist is that actuality. I don't know. We're going to take it as what it is, but the one who did identify as gay he referenced a couple times where he noticed his friend pulling away from him. And it was because of that perception. And this was my example of what every man like needs and needs to know is how did he rectify that distance? Not by just dismissing his friend and letting the distance continue to grow, but by addressing it head on with mm-hmm. him, having an open dialogue, communicating feelings and having a safe space for it. And both of them, rekindled their friendship and were able to move past it and like understand one another to a better degree. Like to me, that was a really beautiful moment, even though unfortunately had to be driven (laughs) by the one who was being pulled away from. I still thought it was just a great representation of what it takes to have these deep connections with other people. Honestly, like we can make it about men to men, but it's just people in general having that vulnerability within your relationship to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and the way very specifically that he rectified it when you know when the other started to pull away was by pointing out that the discomfort that was being felt was culturally specific. So the gay guy of of the two is Brazilian American and pointed out that for Brazilian men to kiss each other on the cheek or to put their arms around each other was completely normal and not coded as gay. Like there's just no interpretation of that as gay in Brazil. And so by lifting the veil on the belief that the social norms in your own society are like somehow objectively true and just like, nope, there are other ways to do it. There are other ways to see the world, other ways to act in the world, I, I think made a big impact. And the article goes on to describe in Korea, male friends engage in skinship, a term that refers to non-sexual physical affection. It's common in Arab cultures for men to hold hands. The same is true in India and various countries across Africa. And they actually explain because like, I mean, I'm sure for many people and and for me as well, that hits the ear as odd, right? Like, wait, aren't those the places that are like extra homophobic? And it says that 
higher levels of gender segregation in these societies mean that people often form their most intimate relationships with people of the same gender. And some of these same societies condemn homosexuality, but because it's treated as an aberration, sometimes even associated with the West specifically, men don't need to constantly prove that they're straight. So in like the weirdest, most perverse twist of fate, societies that are more anti-gay give like a weird extra level of freedom to straight men to be like affectionate and caring with other straight men because they don't have to fear being outed in the same way. Like it's honestly a little hard to to wrap your mind around, but understanding that the inversion of that exact dynamic is what we live with basically goes all the way towards explaining why men can't have close friendships because we are dealing with the pall of living under the cloud of suspicion that any of us could be gay at any time and you'd better be ready to defend yourself. It didn't go into this in the articles, but I was trying to think of, um, first I started to think about kind of the religious differences because it mentioned Uganda, which they've been doing horrific things to the gay community there. And that's been going on for quite a while. And it's always been in the name of Christianity. And they say in the article, they call it just Western culture's influence, but so much of Western culture's influence is Christianity. So how do you even parse the two, right? But then I started to think about in Saudi Arabia, there are severe penalties for being gay. So it's not just religion across the board, right? And so then I started to think about the lavender scare in the US during the you know fear about communism and saying, well, if you're gay, you're probably a communist and we should rid everyone in the government who might be gay and what that did to the gay community, but also to our national sense of you know, fear of gay people and gay men in particular. And then you have the Kinsey report, which came out, you know, close to that time, I think just after, I think in the 60s. And so those two things together could significantly alter a society's view on masculinity and what to protect from and what to make sure you're presenting to the world because the consequences are social at best and violent and dangerous at worst. And that leads us to where we are right now, which is in an epidemic of loneliness and the inability for men to express themselves emotionally, like in any way, cuts in a lot of different directions. The The last point from the first article is that because men do not feel comfortable discussing their emotional problems with other men, they turn to women, which is better than nothing. But of course, the result is that women have to then carry the load, do the emotional labor for men, which they are also doing for other women. So women are carrying like the entire emotional load of society. Men are struggling to deal with their emotions, but can't bring themselves to like help each other out with it and and try to shoulder some of that burden. And so all of that sort of Uh, swirling together combines into the epidemic of loneliness that we have discussed before. 
And that brings us to this article from USA Today, Boys and Men Are Lonelier Than Ever, What Can We Do About It? And this actually features a discussion with a director of a film called Close. It's a Belgian film about two young boys who are close and then begin to feel the strain when they go to school and are, you know, teased for being gay, but they're sort of a wedge driven into their friendship. And so the director, who was like inspired to make this film, had some things to say about it and said, we live in this society that tells young men that there are things we validate more than tenderness and vulnerability. We teach young men to stop caring for authentic connections and be more distant with emotions. It's an incredibly brutal thing. And he was inspired to make this film after reading the nonfiction book, Deep Secrets, Boys, Friendship, and the Crisis of Connection. And in the book, the author interviews 13-year-old boys who like very consistently spoke lovingly of one another, but then began to feel that like fear of intimacy that was kicking in with puberty. And, you know, because male closeness is coded as gay, it like very consistently destroyed their connections with their friends. And then, you know, the rest of their lives are the fallout from that. And, you know, if you, if you struggle to make connections at any time after you're like 13 or 14 years old, then you're going to end up with a society of loneliness. So the study that was mentioned in a bunch of the articles we're discussing today was the Survey Center on American Life did this survey of young men and and women. It was kind of a, a broader survey. But the conclusion that kept being pulled from it in almost every piece we read was the number of people who say they have no close friends has quadrupled since 1990. Young men in particular are 12% more likely than women to rely on their parents for personal support instead of reaching out to a friend. I mean, that's a major (laughs) societal issue. It's not just sad or something to lament. Like That's a, a problem that we are then dealing with in all sorts of other ways. We're talking about men today specifically, but this this is a problem across genders in our society. Like women are feeling more lonely too. Not mm-hmm. not as much as men, but it it's definitely a problem. And there's a, a lot of conversation about, you know, boys are not a, allowed to express their emotions. There's one that they're encouraged to express all the time. Like Anger is totally accepted in boys. And we got to see that in the, the Super Bowl, our, our America's favorite sweetheart couple, like <laughs> Travis Kelsey, freaked out in the middle of the game in a very inappropriate way mm-hmm. on his coach. And there was a little discussion about it for a minute. And then we moved right on like it was a normal, okay thing. And it wasn't. And it shouldn't have been accepted. And it was it was wrong. He almost knocked his 60-something-year-old coach on the ground in the middle of a game. But, you know, he's just boys being boys. And mm-hmm. Oh, it was touted as he got emotional. Mm. Yeah, he got emotional. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. The, the, he got the one emotion. That's the one we got. Yeah. <laughs> use, use it if you got it. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. On Dion's point about, like, this isn't just a male problem, 
okay, well, like, doesn't take much to understand then why everyone's experiencing this. If we're talking about, you know, men having a disconnect with their emotions, being able to be vulnerable, being able to be open. Well, the amount of people that I can have close relationships with has drastically dwindled if I'm not able to rely (laughs) on -hmm. some men in my life for that connection, for that sense of community. Because, like, I am a firm believer, like, I operate as a non-binary person, but most of my long-term relationships have been with men. So... (laughs) Like if they're in trouble, I am in trouble because I need them for that close connection. And I do think that me having a close relationship with a male looks different than like, say, Dion or Jay trying to have a close relationship with a man. Like there's certain vulnerabilities that they'll offer me that maybe not. But either way, like I'm not a significant other, but I don't also want to do the emotional caretaking that, you know, would ensue if I decided to pursue these relationships with people who aren't in touch with their own emotions and able to communicate that. So, I mean, like, why is this a problem for everyone? Because this is, you know, 50% of the population. And I'm not saying everyone in that 50% is disconnected from their feelings, but hashtag not all men. Thank you. Not all all (laughs) men. (laughs) But, you know, there wouldn't be studies. There wouldn't be research if it wasn't affecting a significant portion of men. So, I mean, I do think this is affecting all of our relationships because I want to have a close relationship with my brother. I don't always want to go to my sister, but between the two of them, like, it's my sister always because she's emotionally available. I think you just framed that in a way that helped something click for me that, you know, I wonder if other people would have had this thought at the same time. I'm trying to think of of some of the classic thoughts that they go through guys' heads you know, that there's like, there's the classic nice guy, the like, oh, but I'm so nice. Why won't any girls date me? Like, they're, they're those kinds of the like, why can't I get what I want? Right. And those sorts of thoughts are so often completely myopic, just f- straight from our own perspective, not able to see other people's perspective. And, and what you just said is like recognizing that emotionally stunted men are more work to deal with is a barrier to wanting to hang out with them. That's it for today's like, free sample. There's lots more of that particular episode, as well as there being dozens of past bonus episodes that you get access to in your feed the minute you sign up as a new member. Pain members are who make this entire show possible, and so these bonus episodes are a fun way to say thanks to them for their support. In addition to those full bonus episodes, members also get bonus clips in every single regular episode, as well as there being no ads in the regular show. If you would like to be our newest member, you can sign up at bestoftheleft.com slash support. You can use our Patreon page, or you can do it from right inside the Apple Podcast app, and links to get there are right in our show notes. And if you can't afford membership, I offer free financial hardship memberships. Just drop me an email to j at bestoftheleft.com, and we will get you set up, no questions asked. Or, again, to sign up and support the show and our ability to give away free financial hardship memberships, visit us at bestofleft.com support. Thanks for listening.